Chapter 9. What are the risks? It goes without saying that if you're an existing business owner, you'll be more familiar with the associated risks of business ownership. However, complacency can be just as big a threat to an established business as naivety is to an aspiring business owner. Generally speaking, to avoid risks, simply don't do anything. That's clearly the easiest way to avoid risk, right? It makes sense, but in avoiding the risks, you may be avoiding the best decisions for your life. In considering whether to be a business owner, there are obviously more risks than not being a business owner, and consequently the opportunity for all the rewards, as seen in the last chapter, will be lost as well. Risk equals rewards. It's as simple as that. In the world of finance, higher interest rates are paid to investors when funds are employed in higher risk ventures, and conversely, lower rates are paid when the funds are kept in low risk situations. So it is in the world of business. Play it absolutely safe and you can expect proportional results. This does not mean you need to be shooting for the top reward in all situations and be reckless in your risk taking to always achieve the top result. It's about balanced decisions based on understanding the risk and being prepared to accept the possible outcomes of your decisions. Kerry Packer apparently tested the risk factor with a loudmouth Texan man in a casino when he asked the Texan what he was worth. The man boasted he had about $60 million, to which Kerry suggested he'd flip a coin for the lot, double or nothing. The Texan apparently quietly declined. Obviously, that's a clear example of an unacceptable risk. With everything we do in life, there is a risk, which we accept. For example, we all drive a car, which carries a risk. However, we accept that risk on a daily basis because we feel confident that it's within our ability to be as safe as we can be while driving. We are not careless in this acceptance, as we ensure the vehicle is roadworthy. We understand the road rules, we are fully attentive when driving, and within this understanding we are comfortable in taking that daily risk. The more often we take that risk of driving, the more comfortable we become, and then complacency is our biggest risk. Do the tyres need replacing? Do we divert our attention when driving, etc.? All of these factors increase the risk. My tip. We must not become complacent and take our attention away from the basics that are essential to an ongoing successful enterprise. For existing business owners leading a team of people, it is crucial to remember that replacing team members carries a heavy cost, both in terms of productivity and office morale. I have witnessed the expense of complacency towards staff hopes and dreams when business owners become too focused on their own personal goals and dreams. Don't be like my old Rolls-Royce boss. Remember your people need to feel like their contribution is appreciated and that they'll be respected and rewarded for their contributions to your business's success. Risk feels unacceptable when we can't foresee what the possible outcomes may be. So let's take a look at this in respect to opening a real estate business. The first and biggest risk you face is the decision about being a business owner. So I've listed some of the items that I feel you should carefully consider and assess before making that all-important decision. Finances. Ensure you have adequate funds. See Chapter 7 where we discuss this. The reason for the failure of most businesses is simply that they run out of cash to pay their bills. The cash flow for any business is the single biggest risk to the survivability of that business. 
This is the number one most important risk to understand and manage. Legals. Always seek the advice of your lawyer to ensure you understand the risks associated with business ownership. They are all manageable in my opinion, but you must be aware of them. You may also need to revisit your will now that you're a business owner. Does the business ownership structure properly protect your present and future assets? Lifestyle. Keeping a balance is important to your health and well-being. Are you used to taking two days off each week? And if you open your own business, are you willing to put in seven days a week for the first three to six months? A healthy balance can be hard to find when you're stressing about making your new business profitable. Getting carried away with tasks is easy to do when you're setting out. And often, even down the track, you may find the lines between work and life get so blurred that it's hard to differentiate. My tip. If you find yourself still feeling snowed under after the initial setup phase, then consider doing an activity assessment. List everything you do through the day and then consider the items. Ask yourself, is this the best use of my time? If the answer is no, then look for another way to handle that task. You'll be of no use to yourself or your business if you allow yourself to get overwhelmed with stress so it's in your own best interests to find a healthy work-life balance. Family. Do you have the support of your family, as you will need it in many ways? Ensure the business doesn't take over your life. Yes, the first three to six months will be demanding on your time, but then make a deal with yourself to be with your family, as family is more important than business and is the foundation for your life. That's another reason that a small, lightweight business can be very appealing. When I look back at my big Mossman business, it ran me. I didn't run it, and when there was a problem, which was often, I had to jump to it pronto so it was always driving me. Well, driving me mad, really. Consider putting personal and family commitments on your to-do list each day. Most of us don't consider scheduling a time for a family dinner or a bike ride with the kids so everything else gets done as a priority, often to the detriment of our family lives. It's all too easy to get irritable and self-absorbed when you're an entrepreneur and end up taking it out on your loved ones. Make sure you find time and delineate the boundaries between work and family. This is especially important when you work from home, or private office as we call it. But remember that working from home can have great advantages over working from a shop front. So be sure to step away from your desk from time to time and connect with the important people in your life. Health. If you were to exchange your health for your business, then it would never be worth it in the long run. If you keep your health up to speed, it will serve you with increased energies, clearer thinking and so much more. Let's keep this simple. The basic keys to good health are diet. It's what you consume most of the time that counts. Avoid junk and refined foods, deep-fried foods, too much alcohol and coffee, and any food that makes you feel lethargic. Make some good choices. Add some fresh food. Just be conscious of what you're putting in your system. They don't feed Cocoa Pops to racehorses. Exercise. The more the better, obviously. But at an absolute minimum, go for a good 20-minute walk daily. Done on a regular basis, this alone will help you enormously to feel better, look better, and give you more energy. Time out. Get the rest your body needs. Take time out to be with family and friends and have some fun and socialising, things that take your mind away from work. Stress can have a huge impact on your health, 
but it can be managed. The key to lowering stress levels can be as simple as implementing effective organisation in the day-to-day running of your business. If you keep focused on your goals and have good time management, then you'll have far more control over how you live your life. And that's one of the fabulous advantages of working in your own business. This in itself can be a huge factor in actually reducing stress. Support. Understanding and being realistic about what you can personally manage and what areas you need to get some help with is essential. Can you do the administrative work? For most salespeople, this is an area of concern, as it was for me when I started out. But as I have said in earlier chapters, there is always someone who can help you. Although admin is like trying to learn to read hieroglyphics for a lot of salespeople, for people trained in administration, it's not rocket science and can be managed quite inexpensively. There are many businesses that have emerged to cater for agents operating in the Wi-Fi world to outsource their admin and compliance requirements. I know I'm repeating myself here, but you don't have to do it all yourself. And trying to actually manage the entire gamut of setting up a new business without any additional help is not going to help you in the longer term. If anything, it will hold you back. Knowledge and experience. Be realistic here. Do you have adequate industry knowledge and experience to set out on your own? I have members in the group who started their own business after only 12 months in the industry and are very successful, so it can be done. But for most agents, a good basic grounding in the industry takes three to five years, and after this time, you should have enough knowledge to go for it. As I mentioned in Chapter 1, even if you have never worked in real estate before, if you have operated a business selling products and services, real estate business ownership is a realistic option. Most great agents are an overnight success, after three to five years. My tip, remembering that you don't need to know everything in advance, you can outsource and get information and help as you go. Market presence. Have you built a personal profile and a following in your marketplace? And are you connected to potential future vendors? This is an important element to success. When I meet an agent who is well-connected in their market and they have a good solid following, I know they'll be a great success in their own business. It's like we pick them up with their legs running move them sideways and lower them into their own personalised business and say, just keep going, and they do. Momentum. This leads on from the previous point. It can take years to build a following that gives you momentum, and you can lose it in just a few months. So if you have momentum, I think it's critical to keep that going at all times. I had a person join the group who immediately went on holidays for two months, which was a huge mistake as when they returned, they had real problems getting going again, especially as the business was newly commenced. Business type. You have some excellent choices to consider for what kind of business will suit you best. As outlined in Chapter 4, you will need to decide whether you wish to be an independent business, join a franchise or marketing group, or join a simple licensing arrangement like one agency. Of course, there are pros and cons to all arrangements, and you'll need to decide the benefits for yourself. However, as I said earlier, keep your eyes open and thoroughly research each choice, including each option's upfront, ongoing, and possible hidden costs. With a typical franchise, as you grow your business, there are fees related to income that increase as your income increases, plus restrictions and regulations that may impact your ability to expand. 
When assessing the costs, particularly if you've been offered any inducements to sign up, it's important to calculate the total costs over the entire period of the agreement when comparing options. It's the total cost over time you need to know. My tip. A few things to very carefully consider include setup time, brand style and relevance, support from other members, head office assistance, the culture of the organisation and the care of their members. Partnership or not. These days, the cost of business ownership is very economical, at least it is at one agency. So the need for a partner to share in the costs, both set up and ongoing, is not essential or even necessary. Complete ownership and control is advantageous. That's not to say there isn't a place for business partners, just a word of caution. Partnerships can be like a marriage, easy to get into and hard to get out of them. I also recommend a sunset clause in any partnership agreement which outlines the arrangements in the event the partnership dissolves. Real estate license. As you will be the owner and operator of your own business, then you'll need the appropriate real estate license, which varies depending on where you work. If you try to bypass this and operate under someone else's license, then you'll be vulnerable and no doubt paying in some form or another, and of course it's potentially not compliant. My tip. Have all you need in your own name so you're not beholden to anyone for anything, especially something as critical as your licence. Previous employer. Ensure you understand your obligations to your current or previous employer, if any. If you signed an employment agreement, is there any kind of restraint on you? If so, what are the conditions of the restraint and are they enforceable? This may be another question for your lawyer. Are all their restraints enforceable? People are entitled to earn a living. Some ex-employers will be supportive of your move and grateful of your contributions while you work for them. And some ex-employers will be unhappy and potentially difficult. You need to be prepared for either. Confidence. You'll need enough confidence to at least start out on your own. Then you'll find your confidence will build with time and with your wins and successes along the way. Most people are not born with confidence in advance. It's something that grows and develops within us. In considering all the above items, if you are confident that you can manage everything or that you can find someone to assist you, then I consider this to be a reasonable risk assessment and you are in a position to go ahead if you want. I'd like to conclude this risk chapter with some talk about the fear factor as I think this is probably the biggest risk to going ahead. What I mean by this is that agents often feel so much fear about stepping up to business ownership that it stops them from proceeding. So let's take a closer look at this. An acronym I like for fear is false evidence appearing real. So if you feel fearful to embark on opening your own enterprise, and practically all agents are, then it may be productive to identify what the specific items are that make you feel that way. Let's analyse each one to determine if they are real or not. Fear can also be a paralysing emotion and generally has a negative effect if not faced. That is, of course, unless it's fear for your personal safety, such as crossing the road. However, for the most part, if we look back at what we were once fearful of, we find that we've moved beyond that fear and it no longer applies. This is typically what will happen if you plan to open a business. Feel the fear, then do it anyway. And later you'll wonder what it was that you were fearful about in the first place. The perceived fear is always greater than the actual situation. So in other words, and you've no doubt heard this many times before, because it's true, it's never as bad as you think. 
Let's talk about specifics. So you'd love to have your own business, and who wouldn't? But you are fearful. The very first thing you should know is that you are completely normal. Whenever we step into unfamiliar territory, we are unfamiliar with what may occur, and fear arises. However, we can break it down into understandable chunks and take a look at what we may be feeling concerned about. Question, are you the first person to have opened a business? Answer, well, of course not. So that means it can be done. Question, are you unsure what to do? Answer, yes, naturally, because you've not done some parts before. Note, many you will have. However, there has never been a better time because information is more abundant and accessible now and whatever assistance you need is out there. So whatever it is that you're unclear about, the information, guidance or support is always available to you. Question, what if I run out of money? Answer, this is what accountants, bookkeepers and financial advisors are for. You need a solid business plan containing a reliable assessment for what your business costs will be for at least the first six months as income takes time to accumulate. Be careful to keep these costs as low as possible, then on the other side of the ledger estimate income very conservatively. Considering that in your own business you'll be keeping 100% of your fees and if you follow my lead and keep your operating costs as low as possible, then you may well be very surprised how few deals it will take to get you profitable quickly and keep you there. It's an agent's name and reputation that is the deciding factor in why vendors choose to list with them and not a brand name. When you move from one company to another, or even better, into your own business, in the same marketplace, it will often result with listings coming in the same way you've been doing it so far. In fact, agents report an increase in listings as the marketplace tends to respect an individual who steps up to business ownership. Question, what is the worst thing that can happen to me? Answer, this is a good question. Presuming you are a good agent who can list and sell, and it would be unwise to proceed on any other basis, then in the highly unlikely event that you either A, don't list and sell property, or B, simply don't like being your own boss, then your previous employer or a competitor would no doubt welcome you back with open arms. Let's face it, if they can make money out of you, then you'll be in demand. So your worst case scenario is that you go back to where you were before. Following our lead on operating costs would mean you probably won't suffer financially either, as you'll more than likely sell a few properties, which will more than likely cover all your costs, if you keep operating costs low. And keeping costs low is a crucial component to success. Most large franchise groups you may consider joining are usually keen to have you spend large sums setting up and operating a business, but I do not feel this is at all appropriate or necessary. My tip. Bigger is not necessarily better, so keep it lean and mean. This way, when you secure a fee, you get to keep most of it, instead of witnessing your hard-earned money dwindle away on unnecessarily high operating costs. The truth is that if you are established and have ability, you are far more likely to succeed than fail. It's worth noting that the vast majority of agents we set up go on to be successful, with all the information that is out there to assist you, including one agency, there has never been an easier time to make the step. At the same time, you will provide some security for yourself, improve your self-esteem, increase your income, and have the enormous pleasure related to self-achievement and running your own race. If you speak with agents who have done this, then you'll get a good sense of the freedom and rewards that await you.